the OC Bitches. Welcome to the OC Bitches. Oh my gosh, Rachel <laughs> Bilson. Uh, it's like the first season all over again. We're remote. I know. We're remote and it's all my fault and I apologize. I'm on location shooting something and everyone scrambled to make this happen. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really happy that we get to do season three, episode 10. The Chrismica Bar Mitzvah. How many times do you think Josh Schwartz came up with that name? Or like I how mean, many I different think he, versions? He was probably super proud of it. Like when he did come up with it. And uh, I'm surprised he hasn't said it more often because I talk to him all the time. But yeah, the Chrismica Bar Mitzvah. It's very clever. Yes. It's so very guys, Schwartz-esque. Yeah. No. So today um, we have a special guest. Um, there are a lot of hit. Well, our special guest is Ryan Drake. And he is one of the hosts of Keeping Up with the Coens, a really great OC rewatch podcast. <laughs> and I just, there's so many, Rachel, before you and I started this, there's so many other people that were doing OC podcasts. And mm-hmm. I've listened to quite a few of them because I like to get a feel for what people are doing. And I, I think it's really important that we spread the love and let um, our audience know that there's other podcasts out there and they could be better than ours or even just like part of the family. So thank yeah. you for coming, <laughs> Ryan. Yes, we're so excited to have you, Ryan. Thank you. Yeah, no, I was going to say like we we started our our rewatch podcast um, right a little like right a little after COVID had started and we started strong and we were doing numbers and then you guys announced your show, and I think everyone moved <laughs> over there, and you tanked every other podcast. So great job! My- oh, <laughs> oh my no. god! Oh no! You, we totally you want to kill us like Marissa. I'm so that's just you wow. Know. <laughs> I know that was dark. That was dark. That no, was dark, no, but- I was. I want to find reasons to blame other people to blame than myself for uh, you know not being as <laughs> successful as you guys. Oh well, obviously it's always easier to blame someone else, right? Of course. <laughs> well, um, there's something. I mean, we didn't we all kind of did the same thing that you did doing something out of the pandemic. And mm-hmm. when Rachel approached me about this, it was like, I didn't, I never even listened to a podcast. So um, we definitely had a learning curve and yeah. I think we've gotten better, but it's been an interesting thing to kind of rehearse as we say on camera, but I really, um, your co-hosts are Dylan and Chelsea. And Chelsea. Right. Yeah. And you guys have a real fun dynamic. Um, you guys, <laughs> one of the things that I think is important about people listening to other podcasts is you have a different perspective than we would have, obviously, because we had a different experience. But you guys can make a lot more fun and be a little more critical than we can. <laughs> without upsetting you. Yeah, I was thinking about that when I was when I was coming on here. I didn't want to come off as like the critical guy that like because I love VOC. It is absolutely my probably my favorite television show of all time. Um, but you know there are parts of it like specifically. I think it's kind of funny that I'm on this episode uh-huh. in season three just because you know this is where it really started to kind of drag along a little bit, in my opinion. It doesn't take away from the fact that the OC is wonderful and perfect and in most ways. But uh, yeah, there, you know, it's not without criticism. Maybe we just needed your help to push it along. So it's actually perfect timing. This is my audition (laughs) to be the new Josh Schwartz. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Well, Josh has been very clear. He's he's not, this isn't his favorite season either. He's been very vocal about that. He's vocal, yes, about that. But I have to ask you, since you're such an OC fan, um, Mm -hmm. two things. Favorite character, favorite episode. Wow. So favorite character, favorite character is tough because this is something that we talked a lot about on, on our show, which we just, we, we wrapped up our, our finale earlier this year because we <gasps> do two episodes a week. Um, okay. So we got to move a little faster. But um, 
<laughs> One thing we talked a lot about was watching it, you know, for the first time when we were in high school versus watching it now in our early 30s. Um, and you start to really change, like, our my opinion on Seth especially has changed completely. Like, he used to be my favorite. Now I think he's probably <gasps> my least favorite. What? Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's you know watching it with adult eyes. The show is very different, right? Yep. Like, I mean, you yeah, guys, yeah. I guess, I guess that is one thing that we, as fans have that you guys don't have is that we can watch this and you know kind of throw ourselves into specific situations and think like I would never do that. But yeah, Seth was my favorite for you know for a long time, especially as a, as a Jewish kid growing up who listened to indie rock. I really gravitated towards him. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, getting older, I feel like. Watching, I'm not kidding. I'm not, I swear to God, I'm not sucking up to you guys. I feel like Summer <laughs> and Julie, watching it again as an adult, they have the most growth of any mm. characters on this show. Like they come from um, kind of shittier places and they end up in really, they end up being fan favorites. And I would definitely consider Julie and Summer, definitely Julie as a favorite. And I'm also just unapologetically a Taylor Townsend fan. I think she might be my <laughs> overarching number one. I just, I love her so much. I actually really love season four of The O.C. I know a lot of people don't consider it one of the great seasons. I think season four is right up there with season one. So uh, wow. I'm a big Taylor fan. I agree yeah. with you well, on, on on a lot yeah. of those things because I think there were a lot of teenage boys and girls who really, really identified with Seth because it was a voice that, that reminded them of themselves and it wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. a character that had been portrayed before. And also, I agree with you on um, Autumn Reeser, Taylor Townsend. I thought she was such a wonderful addition. She's so, so good on this show. And yeah. even watching, you know, the episodes right now where we're getting more stuff with her and and she's just phenomenal. And I get it, you know? Like, you you hate her in the beginning, but she's just such a good actress. And obviously, she has such an arc as well. But that's kind um, of the same with Summer and Julie, right? Like, I feel like yeah. those are the three characters that stand out the most because they all start they all start off as things that you don't necessarily love, and by the end of it, right. you can't get enough of them. Right. It was really nice, I think. And Melinda and I have both said we we loved our characters, and we really did have so much to do on the show and grew a lot, and it was a, it was a lot of fun. It was fun to go to work <laughs> every day. For it sure. was fun to go to work, and there's so much fun in this episode today. That well, you didn't say your favorite episode, so. Quickly. Oh, my favorite! I think I, my favorite <laughs> episode is still it's the countdown. I feel like that's a very basic answer. Um, it's the season one New Year's Eve episode. It's a good um, one. That it's song a great one. and the running yeah. and the kiss. Dice, I mean, William Orbit. Yeah, uh, that's great right. Great song. Great moment. Like they they edited that together perfectly. Well, yes, I would agree. That's a great episode. It's Oliver days, but we'll just ignore that part. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question about Oliver coming up for you guys later Please on. Please do. I get to ask some questions. I, yeah, I've got some no, questions. Ask, ask, ask now. Um, it's a very specific question about a very specific episode about um, oh, Oliver's, boy. that same episode, that, that Oliver's New Year's Eve party episode. And something that, one, one question that I asked probably literally a hundred times over the course of our podcast that just stuck with me and has never made sense is, and I don't think you guys actually know the answer to this, I would just love to know your takes, is uh, if you remember, this is a very specific moment of this episode, um, Anna was at Oliver's party, because um, Summer oh, runs yeah. into her there, and then they talk to the guy, Alan from Oklahoma is the guy that they, they, they're competing right. over. But, and whenever they see Anna, it's, you know, what are you doing here? Oh, my parents are friends with the parents of the boy who is yeah. throwing this party. Right, yeah. People I know. Where? Hey, Anna, what are you doing here? Oh, my parents are friends of the parents of the guy who's throwing this party. Wait, you know Oliver? Who? I made it. And that has never made sense to anybody because as we later find out, Oliver is basically a fraud. There's a lot of Oliver that doesn't make sense to me. Like, does, how does he know Rooney? Because clearly he does somehow. Um, 
does he really live in the Four Seas? All this stuff. But one thing that we asked over and over again was why Anna was at Oliver's party because it never made sense to us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> These are the questions that I don't think really have an answer. Well, there's, there's you guys, so much... But you guys know the guy that knows the answer. So I'm hoping that one day it'll come up. Yeah, you'll have to All ask right. Josh. I and... gotta ask Schwartz. Yeah. I'm gonna text. I'm gonna text him right now. And while we're on, <laughs> he'll, he'll probably Please. respond and say, I don't know, but I'm gonna text him but, while we're he's I mean, gonna he block, does... He's gonna block your number. Yeah. Yeah, we, <laughs> he already has. <laughs> we know he has parents. We know that uh, Anna has parents. And somehow True. they're connected. And he is in the actual Four Seasons. So there's probably some truth to what she's saying. But there was... I know there's a lot of bloopers on that actual line uh, line of dialogue that um, Samira had a problem getting it out. So, Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's some, that's some good BTS info. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, why was Anna at the... New Year's party. <laughs> I can't believe you're actually texting. This oh, is yeah, the greatest no, I'm day of my life. Oh, yeah, no, texting Josh Schwartz. Okay. Why was Anna at the New Year's party in the countdown? And did she know Oliver's parents? Did her parents <laughs> really know <laughs> Oliver's parents? I hope that he's very busy and he has to actually this stop. This is live. This. He's on vacation with his kids. He can take So he definitely text. is okay. very busy. <laughs> he's definitely very, yes, he actually is. He posted something so funny on Instagram. Like he took them like tubing and jet that. skiing and everything. Did you see? Yeah. He... Josh flies off. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I texted him. I was like, I literally just like cackled loudly. I mean, seeing Josh fly off with that thing. That was great. Oh, oh he's already God. writing back. His first response is, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. He said, uh, who can remember? So, you know, in true Schwartz right. form, I knew he wouldn't know. But I did ask the question. Um, we just know it's unanswerable. Saying, I feel better knowing that. Yeah. At least we asked the man and the man cannot answer. Okay. So this particular episode has clearly written, you know, it's um, directed by Ian Toynton and, and written by yes. Josh Schwartz. And it's got Josh Schwartz all oh. over it. Like the whole I, a little a little fact though. It aired yeah. on December 15th, 2005. December 15th is Adam Brody's birthday. So, this episode aired on his birthday. There you go. Happy birthday. You're welcome. Brody. You're welcome. Do you yes. think he spent his birthday watching the OC? Um, he only watched his scenes <laughs> on his birthday. So, that's, right. that like <laughs> that's him. what he did. <laughs> uh, the synopsis we're going to let everyone know is Ryan, Marissa, Seth, and Summer try to raise money for Johnny's knee surgery by throwing Ryan a bar mitzvah as part of Seth's annual Christmas celebration. And they enlist the help of Sandy, Kirsten, and Julie. Meanwhile, Kirsten tries to cheer up Julie, who still is concealing her living situation from Marissa. And Julie finds an unlikely friendship with Summer's dad, Dr. Roberts. Michael Nuri's back. He's back. He's back. He's your, he's your buddy. Okay, so <laughs> this whole episode, there's a lot of fist shaking that I had with this episode, I'm sure, as we all... Oh, I can't wait. I, yeah. There was a lot of grr. Yeah. I did a lot of grr. But um, <laughs> but it opens with one of um, I think this is where we're really developing Summer's uh, storyline with her picking out Christmas trees. Oh and man, being very particular <laughs> about the Christmas trees, right? Yeah, I mean, I can relate in my life just about decision making in general. I will stand in the aisle at a grocery store, and it will take me a solid ten minutes to decide like which cookie. Anyway. <laughs> what, are you, so, what, what are you looking for in a Christmas tree, though? Like, what are you... Obviously, you didn't like how much the, like, the branch spacing was on one of them, but... Yeah, but Summer says, you know, like the amount of sap. Like, there's a, mm -hmm. so there's a very... There's a formula to a Christmas tree, right? Okay. Not dry. Dry, say goodbye, I believe. Yeah. I don't know if that's the exact <laughs> quote, but that. there's... Okay. 
But that <laughs> summer says something along those lines. And it's, you know, there's definitely a formula to it. How are you at picking out trees, Mindy? I, I'm kind of like that, but on a much smaller scale. I will definitely, <laughs> I, I definitely need um, symmetry. I can't see, I don't like the big, and if there is a big hole that I, you know, have to compromise about, it has to be in the back, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, but are has, you, does that mean you like a noble or like a Douglas fir, you know? No, like The bushier? You, noble or the is stronger. You need that, yeah. Okay. But though right. recently I've been, I've been actually doing like the Charlie Charlie Brown Christmas trees, the smaller ones in the middle of the oh, table. Oh, yeah. They're just easier. Love that. Yeah. They're easier. But Ryan, so you, you said you were Jewish. So did you mm. have a Hanukkah bush? Uh, well, yeah. We did a little... That one of the, Again, one of the reasons I was drawn to the OC is because we I have a very, you know, bicultural family. And uh, so we did Christmas. We did Hanukkah. There was... There was seven days of presents and there were Christmas trees. So we did we did everything. It was a big holiday family over here. You know, so you did Krishnika. Hey. You, did you have a, a name for it? We did not. And I felt weird taking a name for a holiday from the OC. So we never really called it that. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I couldn't tell my whole family, like, we're doing this because I saw it on a, te- a teen television show. Right. Oh, that's so funny. I, we were watching, I'm in Canada, and we were watching the great, Canadian Bake Off, whatever. You know, the British one, but this is the Canada version. Mm-hmm. And literally in the episode last night after I watched this Chrismica episode, someone made a Chrismica babka or something. Anyway, they, they said the word Chrismica. And really? I thought it was very, yeah. yeah. Very, I mean, I feel like, I mean, you guys have probably covered this, but I feel like, I mean, the OC basically created Chrismica, right? Like, I feel like you guys should take credit for that. I feel like Schwartz would like to and we'll give it to yeah. him. Okay. Yeah, we, we did some, we found some research that there were, the holiday kind of existed, but not necessarily with that name. There were people that celebrated it. But yes, he takes, um, they take credit, I guess, for that. But then it came yeah. from, it came from the writer's room. It was a combination of different writers and different. Um, I thought, I thought you were going to say it was a combination of Christmas and Hanukkah. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we like to spell it out here. <laughs> <laughs> but in the, in the meantime, they're discussing the fact that it's a great opening. I like, I love all, all the openings of um, Seth. Is, he's on one, you know, he's talking about oh, yeah. what, every, what, <laughs> what does every Christian boy want? And he goes, everyone wants a bar mitzvah. He's in his, in Seth's world, he thinks every Christian kid wants a bar mitzvah. I, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but <laughs> that was that was a great way to shoehorn the bar mitzvah into the episode because bar mitzvahs have nothing to do with, with holidays Monica, right? at all, at yeah, all. Like, or the holidays period. But yeah, they really they, <laughs> they got it in there in a pretty organic way. Right, right. Yeah. They knew what they were doing, so that kind of sets the tone. But what do you think of this name that's out of the blue? Summer calls Marissa Cooper Scooper. Yeah, mm. you know, and I was trying to think because it definitely sounds like something that I personally, as myself, would have come up with because that's my sense of weird humor. But because she responds to it and it's written, I'm thinking I didn't and it's kind of disappointing. But that's okay. I I love the nickname and I'm personally a fan. Oh, are you? Well, Marissa even said it was bad, but that's okay. Well, yeah. I remember specifically when we covered this episode on our podcast, one of my co-hosts said it was an appropriate nickname because Marissa tends to pick up crap. Ah. That is so right on. (laughs) She picks up shit. Like Johnny, who I am so annoyed with. I can't even stand it. I'm sorry. Nothing against the actor. It is very, very accurate. Well, of course, and and even though the, the... the awkward Johnny situation of him falling yeah. in love with her. She's still gonna give him a get him a get him a Christmas tree. Right. I didn't mean to call him shit. He's very nice. But he's oh no, nothing. <laughs> he's against a, he's Ryan, a sweet Ryan Donahue boy. is a lovely no, man. If anybody, you have to so blame sweet. Josh. 
Josh's shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. The Marissa has to pick up. No, um, that Marissa I, has to pick the, up. The whole beginning of this episode, that whole opening scene, the the Ryan Marissa dynamic really had like couple who just went to couple therapy vibes, so they're trying to just <laughs> say the right things. <laughs> Where she's like, you know, how are you dealing with Johnny? He's like, Johnny's great. Johnny's a friend. I just have to deal with it, right? And it, it just felt very awkward and weird because yeah. clearly now he knows that Johnny's, they both know that Johnny's in love with her and they're still just trying to pretend like it, it isn't there. Yes. Right. And, and she'll continue to do nice things for him. And of course, they drop mm. off this Christmas tree to these um, long faces of the mother of Johnny's mom and... Johnny and apparently he's not going to get the surgery because her insurance doesn't cover it. Yeah, <laughs> so classic. But I mean, of course, her her insurance would cover it, but maybe just not that particular doctor. I don't know. It's- so try to uh, you guys tell me if I'm remembering this correctly. Yeah, Johnny gets hit by a car. Johnny yeah. needs surgery, but he has to get on a waiting list. This is all written in a writer's room somewhere. He has yes. to get on a waiting list. But then something happens. Marissa is able to move him up on the waiting list. But now that he's up on the waiting list, they never considered they would have to pay for the surgery. Now they're like, oh, shit, we have to pay for the surgery. And they can't pay for it. So now they're back off. But they're like, oh, instead, let's throw a party. Let's pretend Ryan's Jewish and have a bar mitzvah <laughs> for him for Christmas so we can raise money. But it's not a party for Johnny. It's a party for the hospital with the hopes that the hospital will then throw in a free surgery. Did I follow this correctly? Wow. I am impressed. Yes. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> Yeah, they That's hijacked just me it. <laughs> trying to understand the convoluted things that happen in the writers' room of the OC. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, no, yeah. I think you you dissected it quite perfectly. <laughs> Thank you. You hit the nail on the head, and um, you you know, to be honest, um, I did watch this episode twice just to make sure. But once was on a treadmill, <laughs> and then this morning I was like, I had to look at it really, really close up just to get all of these things because I don't retain it because. Yeah, um, I'm kind of. I was watching ten and and eleven, so I'm a little. My brain's a little like ping ponging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, right, okay. We're winging uh, it here. We're winging it. We're winging it. Okay, so they've set up this whole thing, which is ludicrous. But yes, a bar mitzvah for Ryan. My next note, like first, these are my notes. Okay, I'm jotting down on my phone as I'm watching this. My first one is mm-hmm. that's just gas. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, Seth. <laughs> Seth, his Adam's improv saying, I think I say my stomach hurts or something, right? No, dude, like, you're laughing. Gas. And he says, come on, you know what? Wait for it, wait for it. We're going to do this thing. It's a Christmaka bar mitzvaka. And and Summer says, ha ha, bar mitzvah. And Ryan says, oh, look, Summer's laughing. He goes, no, that's gas, which was totally oh, yeah. an Adam <laughs> improv, right? That was a Brody. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I laughed. Yes. And that is my first note. And my next note is Julie hawking a loogie. Oh, what? great scene. Great, great, great acting. <laughs> oh, 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 yes. Well. You're like, what? <laughs> so, yes. In the trailer with your chewing tobacco. Of course, you know, that trailer was actually a real trailer and that we put on the set. And for some reason, they decided to have this scene where Julie, they don't, I don't know why they didn't show the audience, but she's watching NASCAR dipping skull and there's a whole thing that goes on in that in those scenes that previous to shooting that episode, Josh and the producers, I think I said this before in the podcast, all um, Misha, Kelly, and I all had extensions, very expensive extensions that the show we're paying for. And they finally came to us and they said, we're not going to pay for them anymore. And I thought, well, Julie's in a trailer. Let's just, j- I, 
I decided to just let them go. And if you notice, my hair is shorter and those expensive extensions are not there anymore. So it kind of <laughs> coincided with moving into the trailer and doing this scene where instead of skull, they chopped up um, chocolate flavored licorice. And, oh, and what? I br- and yeah, so it was because I was like, I can't dip skull. That's disgusting. <laughs> and um, I wore my own boots and... The ne- you looked so cute. My next thing is cute outfit. <laughs> I you look it. like, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Casey Musgraves. She's one of my favorite music artists. Okay. You oh, look yeah. like Casey Musgraves on the cover of Same Trailer, Different Park. Like, it was the same outfit. You looked very similar to her. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, thank you. It. Then the second, loved I mean, it. I should tell you this now. So the next scene where she's plugging in her um, Christmas tree. And- oh, the G-string? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so do you see the shirt I'm wearing? I'm wearing <gasps> this same outfit. Oh my God, what? right now she's wearing the shirt. Oh my and you're wearing God. a denim skirt. Are you pulling up your thong? Oh <laughs> my, okay. Commitment, uh, method, hello. I wow, am- 14 year old me would be losing his mind right now. <laughs> so, oh my God, this, Mindy, I am This impressed. was my own outfit and I was so proud. I was like, you know what? This is what Julie should wear if she's really, you know, like, you know, when in Rome. It was your personal outfit so, that you. Do you remember Ed Hardy? Ed, um, of course. Christian, oh, of course Christian we Louboutin. Ed Hardy. Okay, so um, Christian Louboutin store, the Ed Hardy. At the time, Wait, it was super. What? Popular. Hold on. You just put Christian Louboutin and Ed Hardy in the yeah, same category. No, no, no. Category. They're not connected, are right. they? They're not like <laughs> owned like, by each hold other. Hold on. Hold on. No, it's the yeah. other. Um, he's Pat, the guy who. Oh, sorry. It's not Christian Louboutin. It's. Um, yeah, no. Who would the not? Designer that bought Ed Hardy. Oh boy, I do not know. Oh, that's anyway, a, maybe I, I said that wrong. So I was in the Ed Hardy store, and this guy cut this shirt on my body, and I kept <gasps> it this whole time, and it was in the show. So I'm wearing it today. There you go. Oh my god, I am seriously the stuff that you pull <laughs> out and still have blows my mind. It's amazing. Well, Christian, uh, is it Audiger? That's what it was. Christian Audiger. Ah, okay. Yeah, well, he's, he's passed and gone. Wow. by this. Time. He bought Ed Hardy oh. and uh, the truck, the trucker hat company. Yes. Von Dutch. Yeah, wow, good. Von Dutch. Wow. Von Dutch. What a great guy. Oh man, we are no. really going back to the early aughts yeah. with that Ed Hardy and <laughs> Von Dutch. Okay, Julie would definitely rock that. I remembered that this was the episode, and I knew where this shirt was, so I put it on. Yeah, there but you was that your idea though to have the thong exposed? Yes. <laughs> wow. I'm actually surprised Fox like let you get away with that. Yeah, that was a whole... I was... Yeah. Whale but tails then, were big in like 06. I feel like that's... that's Whale right. tails! Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yep. But it was they a were fun... Very big. It, it was a fun scene with Kirsten and Julie where she's like, you know, we're going to be... She doesn't want to tell Marissa where what's going on and let her have her yeah. fun. And, you know, so we find out that Kirsten and Julie are both miserable. And they're... Since she's now you know, forgiven her with for the Charlotte thing that, you know, they're going to be miserable together, which is kind of sweet. Right. One of my favorite things in the OC and something we have talked about, especially when we get into season four, is the the Julie Kirsten, like, the, the amount of things that Julie has done that are awful that Kirsten just kind of sweeps under the rug all the time. Because I think cause <laughs> she's, she's probably her only friend. Um, but it really reaches a fever pitch in season four whenever she gets to a point where she's like, we can't be friends anymore. And it's like, after all the other crazy things Julie has done, this one weird thing was your breaking point because you've done a lot of bad shit to her, but you guys keep finding a way to be friends again. Well, and when we had Kelly on, she actually said, as they started writing our characters to be friends, there she remembers there being a point of, how are we going to do this? Like how she, 
how can I be friends? How can Kirsten be friends with Julie? And it's yeah. it's an interesting dynamic of acceptance or accepting a human being for all of their flaws and still, I, I mean, I think there's a thing in life where it's like, if I don't expect too much or if I just know that that person is drawn that way or that's just who they are, that's the animal that they are, that mm. um, that it's it's, I don't know. What Julie keeps the bar low, and we respect it. Exactly. <laughs> but, like, just in this season alone, she's tried to frame Kirsten's son for shooting Dre. And then she tried to steal a bunch of money from her under the guise of, like, a fake alcohol re- re- rehab fundraiser. And she's just like, you know what? It's the holidays. It's fine. Right. <laughs> well, she That's does true. fit the villain role, but she doesn't think she's one. Oh, well. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, all right. So, also, yes. I, I was gonna say. Oh, sorry. Also, in this scene, Julie mentioned something um, about them. She says they're cockfighting with stray dogs, which confused me. Yeah, my name. My, my money's on the feisty Weimaraner. Yeah, Weimaraner. Cockfights with yeah, stray but dogs. Cockfighting. Cockfighting is chicken is roosters. Chickens. Yeah. 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 So stray dogs so, are dogs. Dog fights. <laughs> I don't That's know. True. It's an OC thing, apparently. Just saying. I you got know a what? Lot of, I got a lot of nits to pick. Dogs <laughs> with cocks. I mean, they were like only mm. male dogs. <laughs> so, you know, so here, one of the things that I had to, to bring up was the fact that when they bring this wonderful idea to Johnny, um, yeah. that he instantly oh says no. And mm-hmm. it's like, why is everyone so proud? To, like, Julie did the same thing. She didn't want to accept money when she was having a hard time. Um, she swallowed. Mm-hmm. I guess her pride is too much. She doesn't... I guess it. I understand not wanting to be a charity case, but... Well, you know that they, they want to accept it, but they just can't, right? Like, they would... They want to. They want the people offering to really want them to have it, and they want them to to double down and prove that they want them to have it before they can take it. Right. And this is before GoFundMe. Everyone has a GoFundMe nowadays. Oh yeah. No, they yeah. would have absolutely kickstarted Johnny's surgery if yeah. this happened now. Oh, for sure. For also, sure. Also, Johnny was watching his own surf videos, which I think is really funny for some reason. <laughs> like his own surfing. It's like, oh, it's Christmas time. Just gonna watch myself shred some waves here. Okay. Johnny's whole thing, you guys. Like, okay. In this episode, I, you know, I, I say sleight of build. We call him Tiny Tim. I mean, he's very, <laughs> I, I hate to say pathetic, but not only do we think, I'm thinking more and more that he's pretty pathetic. I feel so mean. I'm sorry. Because I think Ryan is, lo- I love Ryan. and He's lovely. This character, even to the point where Marissa walks in and he's playing solitaire. Solitaire. <laughs> he's playing Solitaire. And Alone like, for the holidays. Could we be any more wompy? You know? <laughs> womp, a womp, bit, womp. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I was like, oh, come on. Uh, okay. okay. So the scene where Seth and Ryan take the bar mitzvah idea to Sandy and Kirsten. Sandy's like, this is highly insulting. <laughs> right? Yeah. As people of Jewish faith, would, is it insulting? Uh, yeah. As a member of the tribe, I'm glad I'm here. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm a half. N- I'm a half. I think, I think when I, when you watch the show, it's not insulting. If one of my friends had come to me and said, Hey, I'm going to pretend to get bar mitzvah to raise money for a thing. I would have been like, that's an awful, that, that's an right. awful thing that you're doing. <laughs> uh, but since it's happening on a show that we love, no, it's fine. Because I think that Seth's um, argument is clearly, once again, Josh's voice. And it, it, I agree with it. He's, it, it's, um, he has a very good 
sell, selling point. He's like, let's market this. Let's bring it to the masses for some reason. And then even, and even Kirsten was like, you know, it's honorary. We won't do anything that's really official. And I mean, I'm, I'm for it by the end of it. Yeah, no, he does a good job selling it. He says something about how Jews are, are bad at advertising or marketing. Right? <laughs> you know what? Right. That makes sense. Um, also, he how else is he going to, how else are we going to work in Herkel the Jewish Clown and was DJ Goldsteinberger into an episode of The O.C.? I mean, without a bar mitzvah, it had to be there, clearly. I also, I don't know why it had to be a bar mitzvah. Why couldn't it just be a party, like a fundraiser, like a fundraiser. for the hospital? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so just bizarre. Weird that, like yeah. really, well, yes. I feel like Josh backed into this by saying Chris Mitzvah can't let that go. We have to write around. We have that to, now. yep. We have to figure out a way to include Chris. Mm-hmm. Well, and then also you can parallel the story. Then it brings in the story of Seth. It 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 folds in the story of Seth and his sad version of a bar mitzvah that none of the kids we find out went to because they all went to Luke's party, paint paintball mm-hmm. party. And right. there was one person that actually RSVP'd, yes, oh. and it was Summer. Okay. Okay. Yes. Well, yeah. This storyline, it was very okay. So you find first of all the young, the young Seth. I mean, you see the picture, and then you see the kid, and no one's at his party, and Summer RSVP'd. But then you get the backstory in this episode where. Dr. Roberts, you know, and her are, and Summer are talking when they're decorating the tree. And you get the backstory mm-hmm. that the reason she didn't make his bar mitzvah wasn't because she was at Luke Ward's party. It was because mm-hmm. her mom had just left them. And Summer didn't leave her room for three days. And that's why she missed the bar mitzvah. And her dad Sorry. wouldn't let her go because she'd RSV, or already RSVP'd to the other engagement. Right. So it was a combination of two things. This was confusing, I think, for a long time until because for the I, the way it's presented, it's like, oh, she didn't go because she went to Luke's thing, but she didn't go right. to either thing. Right. She was just sad about her mom. She was going to be was... forced by her dad to go to Seth's thing, but right. then she didn't go to either because she was sad about. She was her locked mom leaving. in her right. room. Yeah. And the Seth the Seth Bar Mitzvah video was just a highlight of this episode and it was incredible oh. to hear whoever they got to pretend to be Caleb Nichol just go shalom oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you're right that's and, hilarious and the rabbi was our director uncle mike michael lang oh michael re- lang yeah uncle mike so he if you if you um you guys can go back and listen to the episode of michael lang where he talks about playing the rabbi on this episode because we love him yeah. dearly was, but, oh, poor Seth. Poor Seth at his bar mitzvah. But it was, um, first of all, great little actor. But we get to hear all of these things about, you know, nobody shows up. I mean, I can I just say something? CG went to Oakwood, which was a, you know, most of her class was Jewish. And the parents had to all coordinate uh, because no, they wanted to make sure there were no double ups or anything. Yeah, so, bar mitzvah schedules? Yeah. Or bot I mean, mitzvah schedules? Yeah. Yeah, both yeah. bar and bot. And... Um, I mean, it's a pretty, although it's almost realistic growing up in Orange County, not me, but um, <laughs> but that there's not a lot of people wouldn't necessarily think that's that that important or something that I mean, it's almost a real because you would never have another party on a bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, at least where where we grew up. Or CG grew up. Yeah, that was a, that was a plotline on uh, on Big Little Lies. I think <laughs> it was like competing children's yeah. parties. So yeah, it's a big deal yeah. on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a big deal. I rem- yeah, in junior high, man, we really we cut a rug in a few bar and bots. <laughs> oh wow, you cut a rug. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> okay. I'm eighty. I'm eighty at heart. That's right. 
This is my bat mitzvah 13 going on 90. Yeah, so poor little Seth and his little bar mitzvah. But yeah, I really was... The whole story and seeing the backstory with Summer, I just... It's nice to see all these developments, you know? You know, I wonder if they discussed... I'm sure they did at one point They in the writer's room bringing Summer's mother back at some point. But it's a... Right. You know, it's interesting that the father said... that The father, Dr. Robert says, Neil, he says that that moment... Summer says, why did mom leave? Like, that's a big moment for a child to ask her father. She's probably thought this for many, many years. And then finally we get to see it. And he says, she didn't like being here with me. And I'm sure it's way more complicated than that. But we don't really get more of an explanation than that. I'm actually surprised that Summer isn't like more fucked up. Like a mom that left at a young age. Like what that would do to a child, especially like a young girl and her mother. Like, it's just kind of interesting. She's not more messed well, up. I think we kind of see that at the beginning of season one, right? Like, it, you're headed down a path. You're headed down the path that you were headed down in real life, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding glass doors. Hey, man, I'm Julie Sliding Cooper doors. in real life, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm, I'm we had moving, fun. I'm moving to the trailer park as soon as oh I can. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, well, that's a that's a good decision because that's... <laughs> anyway, so I, I, did, I did notice during that Christmas tree decorating scene with Summer and her dad... The music in the background, you know, it's obviously dramatic and serious. It reminded me so much of the score from A Princess Bride. Did it? <laughs> I'm like listening to it and I was like, all of a sudden, like I was got to be like, farm boy. Anyway, <laughs> that's just me. I think what we're establishing with Neil's presence, though, is what a great relationship Summer and her dad have. And that's yeah. why. And you said, what well, we did okay. Like Summer has been through a lot already and she's, I think what happens in when people like, you know, when parents break apart and kids grow up, like they learn that, I mean, it's a difficult time, but they learn to survive and do really well. My, my own daughter's doing awesome. So. Yeah. That's important. The whole, okay. So the whole thing, you know, Johnny, Marissa, Ryan, the the whole other thing that's going on. Marissa's waiting for Ryan at the diner. (sighs) And she just happens to see Johnny yes. out there Do, doing something I mean, shady, looking like a drug deal or something. Yeah. yeah. And then she like, goes down and says, down by the pier, underneath the pier with the beautiful light and and has that conversation with him. And I could see this as an actor. I'm mean, like, I could see that they directed her to actually put her hand on his shoulder and to make it all of a sudden get close enough that he wants to kiss her. And right. it, to me, it felt like really awkward blocking. That it was just so obvious. Well, the whole thing was so awkward. Yeah. And, you yeah. Know? It was very cringe. I've been in that situation, Johnny. I feel you. Uh, oh, like really? Have you leaned in for a kiss? And it, <laughs> yeah, you of course, k- every guy's been rejected for a kiss at some point in their life. We call it uh, a kiss-dis. The kiss Yeah. But yeah. yeah, no, it's it's awkward and it's tough. But I do love that whenever she saw him next, he says to her, thank you for talking me off a ledge. <laughs> Which I was like, oh boy. Oh, oh foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. Yeah. You know, there's also you know, I love that Ravenette song that played whenever they were in the diner. I I love that Ravenette song. It's on one of the OC mixes, obviously, the Christmas one. Yeah. And also I love that everything on this sh- in this season happens at the pier or in the diner. Right. I yep, think only. I think they look around and they're like, How can you know, what sets do we have up and running right now? Mm. Hey, <laughs> you know there's something else that was a um a precursor thing? When you guys are talking about the bar mitzvah at the pool and the fact that Johnny doesn't want to do it, 
Summer is wearing a Donna Martin graduate shirt. Yes, <gasps> I had a note about that. Yeah. I didn't yeah. catch that. Yeah. So oh. we wow. know what episode's coming up next is Free we Marissa. Do. We do. So, yeah. I thought- okay, but wait. So Marissa and, and Johnny are, you know, having their <laughs> moment. You pan up. And like, have you ever seen more of a serial killer in your life? <laughs> ben. Yes. <laughs> well, he's standing there looking down and it's like, right. Because it looks, mm. I mean, it looks pretty guilty. But you know what my quote was? I said, Ben looking down at, on them looks more like Ben is just over this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like, he's like that's funny. this is a late night and I just want to go home. <laughs> His hair looked great though. As season three Ryan hair, they really figured it out and they're doing a great job. I know. I agree. For some reason, I just thought he looked he looked like a grown adult. I didn't buy him as a teenager. Just like, I'm over this teenage bullshit and I'm out of here. That's the thought. You think, that wasn't, you think that wasn't a scene that they shot? They just they just filmed Ben McKenzie staring off as he waited in between scenes and that's what they used? Yeah. And they just used it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, there he are very, moments. He very, yeah, he looks very much so like a serial killer though. I mean, look, as, an, as actors on the show, there are moments where I know that <laughs> you're some of the, you read some of the scripts and, and we know that some of the actors are like, ah, you know, it's like, I can't do this teenage stuff sometimes. I know it was a bit frustrating sometimes for, for some of the cast. So do you remember that, Rachel? I remember some of the cast having many issues, yes, with the aging. Yes. Yes. I mean, from time, there was like a 10 year gap in between like Ryan and Marissa, and then you guys, and then Adam and Rachel were kind of in between, right? But you guys were also kind of had an age gap. Yeah. Like Adam is two years older than I am, and Ben is a little more than that, but Misha is way younger. Misha was the only one that was truly like a teenager, though, right? Yeah, she was actually the right age. We were in our 20s and. Yes, okay. she was a teenager. But it, but if you actually, our, our casting director made the point that if you actually cast um, boys or young men actors that were the same age as Misha, they would have looked, they just didn't look the same. She needed, he right. needed to um, cast actors that actually, because she looked so mature. Mm-hmm. Right. There's, right. You know, yeah, that's very true. There you go. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah, he, yep, he yep. leans in for he's like uh, the only thing keeping me going is know that, knowing that you're pulling for me, Marissa. Like, yeah. <laughs> I you guys, I'm really I just and in the next episode too. I mean, so okay, you know what? I'm, I had I was I had another question for you guys. I was going to maybe say for the end, but I'm going to ask it now just yeah. because we're here. We're talking about Johnny and Marissa. Um, We've seen this, obviously, over and over again with Marissa. There's Oliver. There's, I mean, Trey was a little bit different, but the Trey thing was, the crux of it was, Trey thought Marissa was really into him, and he acted on it. Yeah. And now we see this thing with Johnny, and I think, I do, I remember specifically in season one after the Oliver thing, there's a scene, I remember talking about this on our show, where Ryan says to her, look how easy it was for someone to come between us, and Marissa says, but that will never happen again, I promise. Uh, And mm -hmm. now, here we are. But I th- I thought about this a lot back when we were doing our show. We-, we see Seth and Summer, and as much as I don't like Seth as an adult, we see them together, and they are basically a perfect couple. Like, they are meant to be together. And we feel the same way about um, Sandy and Kirsten. Um, we see Ryan and Marissa date a lot of other people over the course of the show. They date each other a lot, obviously, over the course of the show. Um, but we also see Ryan in a very serious relationship with Taylor in the next season, and I feel like there's kind of a, a divide in the fandom about whether people think that Ryan and Marissa are, like, meant to be. They are the perfect couple or not. Because I kind of feel like they're not. That's interesting. 
I I think well, from Josh and Stephanie, they basically said we it was. They always made it a thing that it, it was always going to be hard for Marissa and Ryan. It was never going to be a fantasy. It was always going to be um, conflict and challenge to be a couple. And they said that from the beginning. But I mm. will say, like, what rewatching it, you know, they're together, you know, the beginning, and then they break up and they go their separate ways for a bit or whatever. And when they come back together, I remember feeling like, oh, good. You know, like, they're getting back together and, like, rooting for them. You know? Yeah, uh, but do you ever feel like Ryan is having fun with Marissa? Because we see him date a few other people, and I feel like he had fun when he dated Lindsay. I feel like he has a lot of fun when he dates um, Taylor Townsend. And I just feel like I never see Ryan have fun when he dates Marissa. Eh, you know, that's yeah. probably a good point. There's not a lot of laughing. Well, and, and yeah. he says the same thing in this episode. He's like, what is it with these guys? Yes. And she he says, calls her out. Well, and then she's she a Cooper says, Scooper. Yeah, the Cooper Scooper. And she You're, says, "Well, yes. sometimes they turn out to be good guys, meaning you were one of those guys." But that's not a great argument for her to say. It's like he's the person she fell in love with. These other guys aren't the same as Ryan. Like she's comparing them to to Ryan. So right. Although he kind of he buys it in the moment, you know. Yeah. So when, but I was really happy he called her out. I kind of bought it too until you just said that. Now I'm thinking like that. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, what is she saying? Like, I fell in love with you, so why couldn't I fall in love with them? It's like, okay, that doesn't make sense now. Oh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> but anyway, but there's a wonderful, um, you know, we don't get that many great Sandy scenes um, in season three for some reason. But um, Sandy does come and tell him one of those great uplifting speeches that he has and says, you know, this is about becoming a man. And regardless, just stick with it because... All it takes is for him to say is this means a lot to Kirsten, and and Ryan's mm-hmm. like, oh, oh yes, that's yeah. I'll maintain this and I'll be be the mensch that I'm meant to be, because huh. uh, Sandy says it's, it means a lot. I mean, it is pretty selfish for Ryan to suddenly say, "I'm not doing it." The event is canceled, and they've already set up an entire event to raise money for a hospital. And now, because he thinks there's this yeah. weird Johnny thing happening, he's like, "Nope, cancel all of it. They don't need my. They don't need money. I'm done." <laughs> When Julie and um, Kirsten are going to the hospital to see, um, to figure out doing this whole charity thing, um, Julie says, yeah, a Chrismaka bar mitzvah. Um, and then Julie says, Seth is definitely one of a kind, but um, how is this going to work? Which is funny because she's commenting on Seth being an odd person. And Julie never comments on Seth. Or there's really no... Um, interaction at all between Seth and Julie. It was just like the one time where um, I never remembered her actually saying anything about Seth being an odd character. Yeah, there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of Julie-Seth crossover, so it's it's weird anytime you get yeah. that. In the meantime, Ryan agrees, but the other thing is that, you know, Marissa kind of says, in the meantime, she's like, I'm worried about this guy. I have no feelings for him, but I'm worried. He's up to something dangerous. And, of course, we all kind of go, dangerous? Like, what? what? Mm -hmm. Johnny, dangerous? What could Johnny possibly do that's (laughs) dangerous? (laughs) I know. See, he plays solitaire. Right. So he goes over, he's taking a shower, and he searches. But Ryan's got a little spidey sense. He's he's starting to think that something's up, too. So we find out. He doesn't find anything, but he convinces him to come to the party. And and sure enough, the audience gets to learn that 
indeed, it wasn't anything to do with drugs, but he's got a gun. What's he going to do with got that a gun? gun? Johnny's got a gun. Johnny's got a gun. Yeah, it's a great song. I mean, it is. I love the color of his room. That's what I'm looking at. I'm like, I love this, the, his walls. <laughs> what paint color is I love that? that Ryan went through his backpack and found a brown paper bag full of skateboard right. trucks, yeah, which is a very weird thing I, in a, Yeah, in like a lunch bag. Yep. Paper. That was pretty mm-hmm. funny. It was like, but, the, um, it psychs the audience out. Like, oh man, what was it? Certainly. <laughs> anyway. And you, yeah. So how do you guys feel about the song, That's What Friends Are For? Uh, iconic, perfect, great. What is? What else is there to yeah, say? Yeah, I know. I just had to ask the question. I agree. Mm-hmm. I like that Ryan, Ryan actually said that to Johnny's mom whenever she shows up and she's like, he showed up to when he found the skateboard trucks yeah. and she lets him in. She's like, it's so nice that you're doing this for him. And he goes, well, that's what friends are for. And I... I had like the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV meme. I was like, that's the thing. There's, <laughs> there's so many little meta things that that uh, Josh is putting in here. Right. Okay, so he goes to the party. Marissa's supposed to watch him at the party. Keep an eye on him. She takes a picture. He wanders out. Now, Seth has to stall at the party because now Ryan has gone after Johnny, who's now leaving in a super cool car, by the way. Is that Johnny's car? Yeah, I agree. I also like thought, a really rad old Bronco or something. Yeah, those things are classic now. But I thought that this would be a instead of so Seth has to actually start talking about um, oh, let me explain. Although I thought it was kind of realistic once again in Orange County. Does anybody know the story of Hanukkah? Well, let me tell you, like with blank they faces. They all look puzzled. Yeah. That would that would happen. <laughs> that would happen in that would happen in Newport Beach at a yacht club. Or at the club, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And um, yeah, but I he pulls of, Summer up on stage, and I think it's funny that she drags Marissa too, and I liked that. Yeah, <laughs> dashing through the snow. Can I just say another thing that I brought that I think is very interesting about the show is how good every person, and not the cat, like the characters, how good all the characters are at either hosting events in front of people or just public speaking in general. <laughs> Like, everyone is incredible at it. <laughs> and it started in season one when, like, 15-year-old Marissa is hosting, like, the fanciest fashion like show, fashion show <laughs> fundraiser. And she's just on the microphone. Like, she does it every yeah. day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, Julie does it. Yeah. Everybody does it. Uh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of great public speakers. <laughs> A though. lot of great public speakers. Okay. So, how about... So, Johnny goes, right? How about the standoff between him and the cashier? How did he not know? He literally made he made that leap to, towards the shopkeeper and Ryan stops it and then he just kind of ignores. I was like, I don't know if I'd buy that, but yeah, the cashier starts getting Ryan a lotto ticket and just ignores the fact that two men in suits are walking in and like walking to the back right. of the store and like having a huddle chat together. Right. <laughs> like very suspicious, but he doesn't seem to care. But that scene, you're right. That scene, I think, is one of the most well-shot and directed scenes of this whole series. Like, it's so yeah. tense, and it goes on for in a good way. It feels like it goes on forever. Yeah, it felt like all of a sudden we're watching, like, NYPD Blue or something. Like, yeah. Or, like, whatever, it you know? Like, it felt like the very first scene of the pilot episode, where it's, like, really dark. Mm-hmm. And the use of that Silent Night song, I thought was perfect. It was very, very well done. Very good. That's Ian Toynton, our lovely Ian. Yeah. Well, he Rock. saves the day, brings him back, and next thing you know, we're doing that's what friends are for. Hold on. What? Very important question, right? So we're doing that's what friends are for. I I want my dad to come dance. We're all dancing, right? Yeah. But are we dancing 
No, we're all in a line. I remember swaying. doing this. What are we looking at? Right. What it's, are it's we question, looking at? Question. We're literally all in a line swaying on the dance floor, but there's nothing in front of Like, I'm like, what is happening? You were looking at DJ Goldstein Burger on stage, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like laughing. I was like, what? Is, like, we're literally swaying. You mean instead in of a floor. circle, which is probably yes. what would happen in real life. So but, I but remember I shooting it. it. You can't. Yeah. You guys Sorry, were guys. like four and then five. And then we cut in and Julie says, I come in peace because she hasn't seen Ryan in a long time. But if you actually watch, I remember because I was in the middle of the group and yeah. I basically mm-hmm. was getting kind of thrown around like a ragdoll. I'm tr- I, if you watch <laughs> my feet, I'm actually tripping over my feet going like this <laughs> because well, like in a mosh yeah, pit. It was more like that. Yeah. So it was super awkward. That would have been the Julie Cooper days of like hardcore, you know, Motley Crue. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was just very bizarre to me, but that was my question. And I know it was... I didn't even consider that. I just assumed that there was like a stage and someone was on stage, but you're right. There absolutely was not. They're just staring at a wall probably. Yeah, and that's what Friends Are For is playing. And we're all swaying in a line. It's kind of a no-no to put actors all in a line. Um for to just save like one shot so you don't have to do reverses and things. I don't know. I feel like it was just for time kind of thing. But you're right. What are we looking at? What are we looking (laughs) at? But you know what? Uh, That's it. That's That's the end of the episode. Yeah, that's the whole episode. Um, Ryan, you pointed out so many things that I've never thought about before. (laughs) I'm so glad I could contribute that Uh, to your show. We love it. And did you have anything else you wanted to ask us? Or did you kind of... Throw them in there. There is one other thing. I, I think I know the answer to yeah. this, but this is uh, I, I'm a big like music person. I'm a DJ. I am. A, I'm not DJ Goldstein. I think you but, should change your name um, to that. Though. I have a lot. I. That's a great point, actually. I, can you text Josh again? Ask him <laughs> if I'll get to you. I heard. I heard. And I don't know if this is true, but I heard that one of the OC mixes that was released on uh, like the album that was released on CD was had a limited run of, like, vinyl release. And I didn't know if that was true, if you guys knew about this, if you guys have one. I believe there is a vinyl. Oh, you know what? Guess what I'm going to do right now? Alex puts off. Oh, wow. Gosh. <laughs> yep. Is, this is fan service right here. Was <laughs> there it. ever a vinyl version of... And if so, how much how money do, you get do I need to pay to get, to get my hands on one? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's see. But that was really the only, those were the only questions I really had. I feel like I can picture it, and I don't know if I, if I, because if it's because I've seen it on Josh's wall or something, or if I'm mixing it up with like the album went, you know, gold or whatever it is, and that's what's framed Mm because I have a vision in my head. We'll see if he answers. But, um, oh, wait, Mm. hold on. We have a link. Oh, Josh said, I think. So, like S O O O O O, and Kate okay. and Katie um just sent us a link, so it does exist. There you go. I'm going to. Ryan, it was as easy. It was as easy as that. You could have Googled and probably found it. I, but I'm happy you asked. Could have gave it a Goog. Yep, you could have Googed. Yeah. Go to the Goog. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I'm happy you asked us. It just yeah. makes me feel important. Um, and Josh thinks so, and it's true. 
Anyway. <laughs> I'm very excited about this new development you know what? in my life. This is a very, I'm, th- I'm sure it's the biggest development in your life. Currently, and <laughs> it's a big day for me. It's a big well, day for you. Listen, Ryan, you tell Dylan and Chelsea, give them our love and thank you so much. And everyone, check out Keeping Up with the Coens. They have such a wonderful chemistry and it's a it's it's so much fun to spread the love and and listen to other podcasts, not just ours. Yeah. And, I yeah. think I want to listen to yours. I want to like, get tips. I mean, you might give me some material. I don't know. Will I get sued is the real question. But I think that (laughs) I could use a... You start to notice after a while, like when I started listening to your guys' podcast, I was like, there's... There's only so many things that anyone can say about right. an episode of VOC. <laughs> There's a lot of crossover. But, right. Uh, no, it means a lot to me that you've listened to it at all, uh, Mindy. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, and also, it's like an incredible experience to talk to you guys. I love VOC. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. I have a poster in my living room, like a, a Seth Cohen. So uh, it's a great, oh it's my a great God. honor for me. Thank you very And much. now do you throw darts at it because he's no longer your favorite character? <laughs> That's right. Yep. When I get mad, I just whip out the darts and throw them at his face. I love it. I love it. Oh, well, Ryan, thank you for making this happen and on such short notice and for speaking with us. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Of course. Anytime, guys. Thank you very much. Take care. So we have a live fan call from Maggie Kelly, a Bravo blogger, influencer, and OC super fan. Let's welcome Maggie. Hi, Maggie. <laughs> Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for we're being so, here. Yeah, we're so excited you're here. I feel like I just gave you an introduction, like, come on down. Anyway. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> no, we're so happy that you could be here today. It's so nice to meet you. And um, we love that you are an OC super fan. You probably know more about the show than I do. And I think that's really exciting. <laughs> I do. Um, it's funny. You know, I started watching it, I realized, when I was 11. So when the show <gasps> came out, I was literally 11 years old, which um, almost 12. So I don't know. I guess my cousin, my older cousin, really, she started watching it. And, of course, everything she did was super cool. So I just started watching it because she did. And been a fan ever since. So wow. I've been watching it since the beginning. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Eleven. Seems That's so young. It, I love and it. now <laughs> if you watch it now, we, we always ask people this. The difference between watching it as a young, you know, preteen or a teenager compared to as an adult, it's a different experience, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's totally different. And I actually I rewatch almost every year. <gasps> um so yeah, it's just for me, I love nostalgia, like nostalgia, you know, and it's so comforting and I don't have to pay attention to every single detail so I can just leave it on and, you know, kind of watch when I can. And so it's about that time for me to do a rewatch. Oh, that's so cool. Well, if we have questions, I think we should ask you. <laughs> <laughs> so you have question, a question or many questions for us? Yeah, I do. Um, so I don't know. Every time when I do my rewatch, I'm always reminded how many iconic like, guest stars mm-hmm. are on. I feel like every single season, there's so many different guest stars. So did you guys, you know, were you able to bring anybody in or are you, do you still talk to any of them? Um, I mean, there's there's so many like Shailene Woodley, Chris Pratt, like Nikki Reed. I, there's so many. Yeah, the list is pretty extensive. I mean, it's kind of crazy. The guest stars that came from this show obviously have gone on to be so successful. A lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, 
I have ran, I've run into, I ran, run, uh, I've seen Olivia within the past, like, you know, few years or so <laughs> before COVID. And it was so cool seeing her. She is one of the nicest people. Uh, and she was telling me how um, she was like around college kids and and there's like this whole resurgence of of people watching the show or discovering it for the first time. And she's like, people were recognizing me as Alex. And <laughs> she was really, yeah, she was really sweet about it. Um, she's obviously, she's a little busy now. So we haven't been able to <laughs> get her to come on the podcast. She's slightly busy, but she's still remains one of the coolest, sweetest people. Yeah. I mean, well, we didn't, we never had any influence on who to get. I remember when they were casting the part of Rebecca, Peter was, I remember Peter, I, I feel like he wanted yeah. like Ellen Barkin or someone like that. Like he was or trying to, he get somebody some, who was a yeah. friend of his or something. And, um, but, but for the most part, no, we have no, we have no say or pull. I mean, but although Adam had, um, Brett came on his best friend. Oh Harris. yeah. He played yeah. big funny guy and swerve on the yeah. Florida episode. That was um, Adam Brody's roommate and best friend who became good friends with Josh as well. And uh, he put him on the show. Yeah, that was a nice <laughs> example of a little nepotism there. But for the most part, that doesn't usually work. People have to audition or... But they're also watching this podcast back. It's fascinating to see the amount of veteran actors as well. Like in Miami, the you know, some of the older actors that have been doing... Mm-hmm you know, been in the industry for decades. That's been really cool. And there were some, I mean, Shailene was so young. She was so sweet and young. Um, she, of course, she's gone on to so much. But yeah, I mean, I've, I ran into Shailene a few years when she was doing American, um, what was it called? American Teenager. Oh, um, Secret Life of American yeah, Teenager. Yeah, Secret Life of American Teenager. Yeah. And then I ran into Olivia a couple in like a decade ago at, at TIFF. But yeah, you run into people from time to time. And, um, you know, I always hope, hopefully everyone had as much fun as I did. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite guest stars was Gary Grubbs, who played Bullet. He was so much fun on the show and such a, like a fun addition in season four. Did you have any favorites, Rachel? Uh, well, Olivia, obviously, and Chris Pratt, honestly, yeah. I don't think anyone has made me laugh as hard and as much as Chris Pratt. He is so funny. <laughs> I, I mean, truly, like still to this day, some of his jokes are just, they're just in my brain and yeah. he is just so funny and and I loved working with him. Yeah. I yeah. It. Yeah, it's just, it's funny because it's like every episode, I'm like, I forgot, I forgot they were in that. You know, even like, I don't know, Lucy Hale. I'm like, that's, mm. I think she's just in like one episode, yeah. but it's like, I just forget. And then when I rewatch, I'm reminded that there's so many people yeah, that we're in. We're scene. doing that too. Like, rewatching. We're like, oh, Amber Heard. Like that was like one scene, you know. Bella Thorne. There was a that whole. Uh, there's a whole episode where we see all of the kids really young, and I think that's when like Lucy Hale and Bella Thorne. And there's another girl from Pretty Little Liars. I think was in it as well. Ashley Benson. I think Is that what it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a trip. It's really like the show kind of. So many people were on it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the other question I have is like, what were your favorite scenes to shoot? Like, do you have any scene that comes to mind when you think of like your favorite scene that you shot? Oof. I say the bachelorette party was fun. <laughs> fire. Uh, <laughs> wah, 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 fire. 
<laughs> Gosh, I don't even remember. Now we've, we're on season three. I'm like, what happened in one and two? <laughs> what scenes? Because I'm sure I've talked about it on the podcast, but I don't, I don't know. Nothing really pops <laughs> in your head, Rach? Did, uh, did, you, did you enjoy like Wonder Woman or was that just painful uh, to wear? Yeah. I mean, I was like wearing a unitar or whatever. Like yeah. it was not, but you know. Singing Golden Girls. Thank you for being. That was fun. Yeah, yeah that was fun for sure. Not that this- was definitely <laughs> my own influence. But oh, oh, yeah. the prom where I'm like drunk and I like fall off the it's stage or something. Okay. I haven't seen it yet, but I remember having oh. a lot of fun filming that. Okay. I love that. You like flip off the stage. <laughs> yeah, I do my own stunts. <laughs> Every, I know. Every, I, I can't wait to see it. Every character has to have a drunk scene, right? Like even, It's so fun oh, yeah. to play drunk. <laughs> I know. I don't think Julie ever... So, oh, yeah, she did. What did you say? Every rose has its thorn. Yeah, that She's was always great. Singing. That must have been fun. Always that. singing in the... Yep, yep. <laughs> Big fan of those. It's either Bob <laughs> Seger or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, every time I hear Bob Seger, I literally think of Julie Cooper. Like, every single time. I just, without I fail. That's awesome. Too. That's a good thing to be associated yeah. with. <laughs> and then in season four, Willa and I actually had to sing it. And it's not an easy song to sing. It's like, I thought I could carry a tune, and I just sounded awful. It was okay. Uh, That's okay. You can sing. That's yeah, okay. <laughs> I, Summer sings in this episode. She starts Deck the Halls. Yeah. Well, anyway. listen, Maggie, it was such a pleasure to meet you. And yeah. thank you for asking the questions and for being supporting the show. It's, it's always such a pleasure to meet yeah. a true fan. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so yeah. much. It was so nice to meet you. So nice to meet you guys. Thank you so much for having thank me. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. Take care. Bye.